Hi there, I'm James Dapache, and this is Coffee and a Case Note. I've harped on about it before. Corporate oppression, it can jump up in a wide variety of circumstances. Today we're going to reflect upon a federal court decision where the court was asked, is the reasonableness or otherwise of notice of directors meetings oppressive? So we've, <laughs> among all the sort of oppressive facts um, that we've spoken about in the past and that hopefully we'll get a chance to speak about in the future, today is about did the plaintiff get enough notice to go to these board meetings? Right. We've got a company. We've got a company and its operations are to find mining tenements and then sell them on to larger miners. So it's quite a small operation and one of its strengths is its agility. Goes in, finds something, sells it on. Goes on, finds something, sells it on. And so the decisions relating to the running of this company need to be made reasonably promptly. Fine. Our plaintiff in these proceedings uh, becomes a, an investor to the tune of 75% as shareholder um, and becomes a director of a company a couple of years ago. And one of the things he does is because he can't speak English, he requires the assistance of a translator and the translator, as payment for his translation services, uh, becomes a 1% shareholder, then, a, then subsequently a 20% shareholder in other circumstances. But in essence, each of our investor and our translator are now directors of the company. Right. So, from time to time, the company, <laughs> in order to manage its affairs, calls meetings at the board. And uh, a number of these meetings are called early on, where both the translator and our um, international investor are on the call. There are subsequently uh, meetings where just our translator are on the call, and then there are meetings following that where it is uh, an absence from both our translator and our investor. Now, the substance of the constitution of the company allows the directors at a meeting to make a declaration that a director is no longer a director if they've been absent for meetings in the preceding six months. You already know what I'm going to say, which is our investor uh, was absent for uh, six months of directors meetings and so our then existing directors declared him to no longer be a director. What was said by our investor director, by our plaintiff in these proceedings was um, that declaration was improperly made because I didn't get reasonable notice of these meetings. I didn't know they were going on. Okay. In order for a director's meeting to be effectively called and conducted um, and not conducted contrary to law, there needs to be reasonable notice. And the question of reasonableness of notice is really contextual. It's a real case by case. So there will be times when you need an urgent meeting of directors. There will be times where something has to happen in two hours. It's got to happen. There will be other times when there'll be voluminous material for directors to work through and three or four or five days may not even be sufficient for the directors to work through them. What the court was taken to in this case were the emails exchanged between directors calling meetings and the emails could never be sent to our international investor because we never had his email address and indeed he may not have ever had an email address. 
they actually went to the translator to then be passed on. But in any case, what the court did was to work through each of the instances of these various emails calling the directors meetings in the previous years to consider whether the notice was reasonable, because if the notice was not reasonable, then what the plaintiff says is that they would have been oppressive. It would have been a section 232 of the Corporations Act, commercial unfairness. So the court works through them and works through when they were sent, who they were received by, what the previous conduct of the company was, uh, what the conduct of the translator party and the investor party was, and to give away the ending, comes to the conclusion based on the specific facts of the company and the specific way the meetings were conducted that the notice given was reasonable. And what that meant was that the director's conduct in calling the meetings in the way they did and in making the declaration in the way they did was not of itself oppressive. And so the application made by our investor director uh, failed because the conduct based on the specific facts in this case was not oppressive. So I hope that little adventure uh, through uh, mining tenements and uh, translators and investors and lack of email addresses for some of your directors helped you out. I hope it gave you a bit of a broader scope on the fact that oppression claims can arise in a wide number of circumstances, even though this one failed. And most of all, I really look forward to joining you for another coffee and another case note real soon. Cheers.